Welcome to Revenue Rehab, your one-stop destination for collective solutions to the biggest challenges faced by marketing leaders today. Now head on over to the couch, make yourself comfortable, and get ready to change the way you approach revenue. Leading your recovery is modern marketer, author, speaker, and chief operating officer at Tegrita, Brandy Starr. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Revenue Rehab. I am your host, Brandy Starr, and we have another amazing episode for you today. Um, I am joined by Rosalind Santa Elena. Rosalind has over 20 years of experience leading go-to-market and revenue operations at several enterprise companies and high-growth startups. As the founder and chief revenue officer, chief revenue operations officer of the RevOps Collective, Rosalind is on a mission to elevate, empower, and enable revenue operations to be the strategic differentiator of every organization to optimize the end-to-end customer journey and the power of the revenue engine. Rosalind is also an advisor for several high-growth startups, an active leader in multiple communities, a RevOps instructor, a keynote speaker, and the host of the Revenue Engine podcast. Rosalind, welcome to Revenue Rehab. Your session begins now. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Brandon. Wow, what an introduction, too. (laughs) Yes, I was going to say, I feel like I have RevOps royalty on the couch (laughs) today. Uh, I am so excited to get a chance to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, I like to break the ice with a little woo-saw moment that I call buzzword (laughs) banishment. So tell me, what industry buzzword would you like to get rid of forever? Oh, boy. I I have probably a list of them, and I'm sure a lot of them have probably already been featured. I'm sure other folks on your show have probably mentioned these. But lately, one thing that I think I hear too often that I'm a little tired of is just this concept of doing more with less. Oh, yes, that um, that is it is a hot topic. Um, and, you know, we've seen so many reductions in uh, in staffing lately that I do feel like a lot of people are definitely feeling the pressure to get more accomplished with less people and less budget. So why don't you like that one? Yeah, I just think that, you know, just when you hear do more with less, it's like, OK, we're asking you to now not give you enough resources, give you insufficient resources, but go and achieve these type of outcomes. And so what I've been trying to get folks to say is doing better with less, um, just to give it a bit of a a different tone. And because I think it is about optimization, it's about being more efficient, and then also doing more of the things that are actually driving the outcomes that you want. Right. And then I think it's the same. It's the same messaging. It's just a little bit of a change of the the wording to give it a little bit different perspective. Okay, (laughs) I can support that. I'm going to try and change my use of the phrase to say do better with less because you are right. It is about 
Uh, it's not about just, you know, cranking out more of something. It is about the optimization. Where do you focus your efforts? So greater results with less as opposed to just doing more. Yes. Um, awesome. Well, now that we have gotten that off our chest, tell me what brings you to Revenue Rehab today? Yeah. So being a champion and sort of evangelist and my passion for revenue operations, I really want to talk about why CMOs and marketing really need to invest in revenue operations. Awesome. And, and I've got lots of thoughts around that. You know, the, the op side of things is where my passion lives. Um, but before we dive right in, I believe in setting intentions. It gives us focus. It gives us purpose. And most important, it tells our audience what they should expect from our discussion today. So tell me, what are your best hopes for our talk today? Yeah, so I'm really hoping that, you know, folks will take really come away from the conversation with really having a better understanding of, I think, what revenue operations is versus what it isn't, but also how revenue operations, when leveraged properly, can really help not just the overall revenue engine or the overall customer lifecycle, but really enable marketing specifically and really help marketing to achieve its goals and also contribute to the overall revenue process. Awesome. Um, and you hit on where I want to start, which is what is it and was what isn't it? I know there are, you know, lots of discussions around marketing operations is this, res revenue operations is really just sales operations, revenue operations is a finance function. Um, you know, there's all these different thoughts around what RevOps is. So I'd love to hear your definition and summary of what it is and then also what it isn't. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I think a lot of, um, and I think some of the confusion, of course, is because many organizations, I think, have rebranded their sales ops to be rev ops. And I think that's not in the spirit of revenue, what revenue operations really should be. When I think about revenue operations, I really think about it as the infrastructure to support your entire process end to end that supports driving and retaining revenue, right? If you think about from top of funnel, from, you know, from interest to prospect to actually closing a deal, someone becoming a customer, and especially in SaaS, you know, as we know, once they sign on that dotted line, that's just the beginning of the journey, yeah. right? And so that, that customer experience, the customer success, services, implementation, all the way through renewal and expansion, to me is that entire end-to-end -end revenue process. And so RevOps, where revenue operations comes in, is really supporting that journey from you know, people, process, tech, that we always talk about, but also data and insights, as well as enablement and strategy to really support that customer lifecycle, but also the ability to support revenue and all of the teams that support revenue. Yeah, and I agree. I do think that there has been this rebranding of sales in general to be deemed revenue. Like a lot of times the CRO title really is just head of sales and, and not head of the full revenue function. RevOps is sales ops rebranded. Um, why do you think it's like, it's almost a little bit of a battle, like because of our book, which I know you and I have discussed. I have it right here. <laughs> um, you know, we 
have seen like this debate and the the underlying debate that people have is not that they agree with our fundamentals or even a lot of what what you talk about in terms of revenue operations but they just disagree with like terminology like oh marketing ops should be marketing ops and revenue is sales and i'm like sales is not revenue like it's a piece of it like that is probably you know if i think about my buzzword banishment it would be you know equating sales and revenue but like this happens and like it's almost like how do we get here like did sales just decide we're going to rebrand and and steal the word revenue or what have you seen in the industry in terms of how we've gotten to this disconnect of defining sales as revenue yeah yeah i think that you know i i want to say like we've moved towards revenue versus talking about sales or marketing or you know even post sales and because of the fact that we realize that revenue it's a team sport, right? I talk about this all the time and I know you understand this. It's, you know, revenue, everyone contributes to revenue. What we do and the, everyone in the go-to-market organization and even in product and in finance, everyone is, you know, a contributor to revenue. And I think that's why it's so important that we've kind of shifted to this revenue title versus just talking about sales. And especially going back to kind of that SaaS model, it's not about the net, you know, that first net new you know, customer and that acquisition and that first time sale, it's about the ongoing revenue that we can acquire initially, but also how we retain it and how we grow that revenue. And everyone takes a part in that, right? Everybody in the in the go to market organization, because marketing is not just about acquiring net new customers. It's also about so much more about the customer life cycle. And so I think everybody needs to have that hand in that, you know, everybody in the big boat, right? <laughs> we always talk about yeah. kind of the little boats, everyone has their own boat. And the, the key is to bring everyone into the boat so that we are all, you know, rowing towards the same goals and in the same direction efficiently, right? And, and really effectively. I like that analogy of, of that, you know, when we're separate, we're all, even though we're headed towards the same destination, we're all in separate boats, which yeah. means, you know, some of us may be going straight, some of us may be, you know, veering off. But if we all get in one big boat, mm -hmm. then you know, we get there, uh, you know, more effectively, we get there together with the same focus. Um, so that that's another great analogy. Um, the other thing that I see that gets debated a lot um, is if you are putting all the operations functions together, where does that live within the organization? Because I do know that that yeah. is one of the hesitations is, you know, the head of marketing is like, well, I don't want to lose my operations people. Yes. If I put them in this other team, then, you know, my priorities are no longer the most important. Things are going to slow down. There's this perception. So where do you see that the operations function should live? Yeah, yeah, I get asked this one quite a bit. And I think this is one of the main reasons why, you know, when revenue operations fails, right, or isn't done properly is when you have revenue operations reporting into a head of sales, right? Because there's a natural bias towards sales, right? Kind of that middle part of the journey of the customer versus prioritizing what's happening in marketing. And so that's a natural, I think that's a natural concern and definitely a consideration. So when people ask me, it's like, where should RevOps report, right? And then to me, revenue operations should report to whoever owns 
revenue, right? And revenue, again, not in the context of revenue is just sales because we know it's not, but really to whoever owns all of revenue. And if that's a CRO who is truly in a chief revenue officer role where he or she owns all of revenue, then the RevOps person or leader should report into that function. But in the absence of that, you know, revenue ops should report to even the CEO, right? Or a COO or a different role, whoever is really owning um, revenue. And I've seen that. And I think that's why we're starting to see a shift of some RevOps reporting into the CFO, you know, and I have my own thoughts about that. <laughs> just, just talking about that earlier today, because there's a, there's a, um, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, because I think, you know, putting RevOps reporting into the CFO, I think there's some, some perception and some benefit to that of, oh, it's a independent body. It's outside of marketing. It's outside of sales. But I actually, my history has told me that I think there's a healthy uh, friction, right, between finance and go to market. It's a healthy friction that I think is important. Um, and so I think if you do sit revenue operations in finance, you start to get some of that that same kind of bias that you do when you have them report into a head of sales, right? Yeah. Um, and also, I think that you know there's a there's definitely a perception of you know having revenue operations sit in the revenue team, you know, in that same boat, right, with your sales leaders and with your marketing team and with your you know post sales and customer success folks and being part of that organization and being seen as really that support, that proponent, that, you know, champion of that team, but obviously working very, very closely with finance and every other team in the organization. Yeah, no, I am of the same mindset. Like I do think that finance has to be a key partner. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, to all functions of revenue, but having revenue operations live within finance, in my opinion, does create a gap um, because like the, the, metrics piece of the operations is only one piece. And that's, you know, what finance is going to care most about is how are we tracking and reporting, you know, how it ties into the finances. And that is an extremely important piece, mm -hmm. but I do feel like it, it does miss the mark and it does create the wrong kind of friction when, um, you know, the decisions are being made coming out of finance, you know, being made by the head of finance, as opposed to in collaboration with like yeah. that, I do think is a, is a different dynamic. Um, but I think that gives a good foundation of what it is, where it should live. And so I, I really want to shift and talk about RevOps as a growth driver. Mm -hmm. And this is something that, you know, I am always preaching to clients, you know, email marketing is our bread and butter and, and the operational process of, of everything that, that flows through that communication journey. But I know that a lot of times that I am talking to heads of marketing in not that they don't see the value in revenue operations, but going back to limited resources, when they think about where they are going to put their budget and their headcount, mm -hmm. RevOps most often does not fall in the number one uh, <laughs> category or in some cases not even top three. Mm -hmm. um, so what is the importance here? Like help, like let's just cut to the chase of why this is so important that CMOs need to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think for operations, if you think about ops, a lot of times people think about marketing automation, 
right? They think about campaign ops, if you will, folks that are actually running some of those campaigns, whether they're email or events or things like that. But if you think about having operations be your eyes and ears and those deeper insights of what is actually happening in your business proactively and what's working really well. Because when we look at our marketing budgets, we want to spend our money in the places that are going to give us the best results and the best outcome. But how do you know, right? A lot of times you're doing A-B testing, you're testing things, and then you're waiting for results, right? It's after the quarter, after the month is over, and then you're looking back and you're already one month into the next quarter. And then you're like, okay, I need to go pivot. I shouldn't, I need to stop doing this, but you're already so far into a launch. And so you already have invested money, but think about having visibility real time into what's working and what's not. And somebody who is dedicated to looking at your business and how you're performing towards the, your marketing strategy and the goals that you're trying to achieve. And then being able to bubble up those insights to your leadership team as they come up, right? Not just like, oh, here's a report or here's a dashboard to go look at. Oh, here's the number of, you know, net new leads that we have, you know, some of those very high level lagging indicators, but more of the deep insights in terms of what's actually coming in the funnel, where is it coming from, where do we need to lean in, and where do we need to pivot, right? And especially as we're talking about doing better with less and being more efficient um, with our dollars and our resources, this is when you really need somebody as a business partner doing that for you, your eyes and your ears, identifying those blind spots and looking, you know, I always talk about ops being the ones who kind of look around the corners and kind of see what's coming versus what everyone else can see that's right in front of your face. Yeah. And I think what that lends well to is there's, you know, been this kind of movement of, uh, dropping the ing in marketing. So being the chief market officer and really being the person within the organization who truly knows and understands the market. And I think a lot of what you're talking about that comes out of RevOps is an enabler for that. Yeah. Like the insights of what's happening, you know, like being able to bubble up those things that you're seeing in, you know, more real time is a key component of that. But when you don't have that, you don't have that person or team that is really constantly looking at those things, um, there is a gap there. Yeah. And yeah. go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say the other the other thing is when you think about process, and I know you're a big process person, <laughs> as I am as well, and you think about that repeatability, right? And having, you know, I, I think about companies that I've worked at where I've joined and just the, just to get an email out, you know, out the door requires so many steps and so many cycles and so much back and forth, right? But when you have somebody focused from an operational perspective on process, then you have intake forms with all of the information you need. It's automated. It's, you know, it's just the efficiency and just the ability to scale and the ability to just do better, right? We keep talking about doing better with less. Yeah, and that that actually is in the direction of the question that I was going to ask because mm -hmm. I know initially we talked a lot about the data and the insights, which I think is one flavor of revenue operations that is really important. And that process is the second because mm -hmm. I think the other thing, you know, with being able to do better with less is, you know, process that streamlines things um, and allows you to turn things around quicker with fewer hands having to touch it is always great for everyone. 
But then I think the other piece is like how we are able to react to the market and mm -hmm. get things in market and be agile. You know, I have talked to clients where they've seen, they've had someone, whether it's an analytics team or in operations or wherever it lives, they mm -hmm. have seen some change in the market that dictated their, that there needed to be a response. Mm -hmm. But to your point, that process of getting anything out there is so lengthy that, you know, that early insight that you had turns out to be, you're actually, you know, coming into the conversation late because it takes so long to get everything, you know, to, to actually get things out there. And like, to me, that's a huge missed opportunity, mm -hmm. especially if you're in a really competitive, uh, you know, space and you've got competitors that are, you know, kind of beating you to the punch, yeah. you become the, the me too messaging as opposed mm -hmm. to being more of that thought leader, which I know is a, a buzzword that several <laughs> people have banished. Uh, <laughs> and that all comes down to process. Yes. Yeah, 100%. And I think people, you know, people tend to kind of hear process and they think of uh, gatekeepers and things that are going to slow you down. But when process is done right, it actually makes things move faster, right? And you're able to scale. And, you know, as you mentioned, to be able to pivot, right? Because you're not creating everything one off. You're not reinventing the wheel every single time when you have to do something different. Instead, you have a process that's iterative, right? You're going to improve the process and continue to refine it as your business changes. But you have a process that's going to be repeatable. And it also sets the right expectations for everyone, right? Think about internally, everyone knows what to expect. They know who's got the ball, right? There's no dropping of the ball because there's clear rules rules of engagement and clear roles and responsibilities. And it just drives a much better internal handoff process across all of the teams as well, where again, everybody in the same boat, right? Rowing at the same speed and being efficient about it. Yeah. And that is another key thing when it comes to time, because in any marketing organization, you know, there's going to be different functions involved, whether it's one person that handles each of the things or, or whole teams. And I have seen situations where one part of the process is able to accelerate something, but then it becomes a bottleneck. Like it yeah. gets here <laughs> and it just sits yeah. and there's no prioritization. Or, you know, I, I we had a client where every time they put an email out, it went to design first. So like yeah. they were designing new emails every single time. And it was like, why? Like, yeah. there's only so many variations. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's something as simple as that, that when you don't have someone that is of an operations mindset mm -hmm. that, you know, one exists within the org and two is empowered to drive process across the board, then you do get those things that are happening that, you know, the creative team is like, sure, we'll design something every time. Like, that's our jam. Yeah. But nobody's going, ah, uh -uh, like, you know, that's not the best use of your time or mine. Um, like, that is important. And it, it seems like the roles are starting to show up in marketing, you know, for at least a RevOps person. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it seems like a lot of people are still late to the boat. And so I'd ask, you know, for those people that don't have, marketing ops or a rev ops person, like, what do you do? Like, how do you get some of these things moving if you're just like, yeah, process, insight, 
those things don't really <laughs> exist here. Like, where do you start? Yeah, you know, I would be, I actually think that in a lot of organizations that say they don't have ops, they actually have some kind of form of ops, right? And it may not be optimized or maybe not in that sort of coming from an operational mindset, but you probably have your demand gen person doing some of this. You have your content person doing some of this, right? Maybe, and, and maybe even you have your head of marketing doing some of these things that really, um, you know, are taking away from their time and taking away from their expertise at the, doing the things that are that they're really good at and that are really meaningful for them. And then, you know, not having an operations person who has that operational mindset who maybe can do things in a different way that's actually setting it up better for success. I think a lot of times you'll see that. And I think if you don't have, you know, a dedicated operations support, maybe you just don't have the budget for it. Right. And you but you need to get some of this some of this rigor in place. There are things obviously that you can start to do. Right. Even as a demand gen person, if you're putting together things, you're probably building some repeatable process. Right. Or if you find yourself recreating the wheel, like in your design example, if you're doing that every single time, it probably tells you that, hey, there's there's a better way to be doing this. And I need to take a step back and think about that, um, because think about the time wasted just recreating yeah. every single time, you know, and, and, and starting in that example that you gave of starting with creative and kind of doing the design, think about all the other things that have to go into that email before it's even ready for design, right? Design sort of the last kind of the bow, make it pretty and get right. it out the door, right? Make sure that it's compelling to your audience, but the content and, you know, who's the audience and all of the things that have to go into that, those are things that could be done much earlier in the process. Um, and so my last question, because you talked about headcount, um, and if I'm a head of marketing, you know, I hear everything that you're saying, I agree, and I feel like I'm at the place where I need a person or a team, how do we build that case? Like, how do we make that clear connection to revenue and growth and why that this is an important expense for the business. Like, how do I justify to my CFO or my CEO um, that I need to invest in this? What's the business case there? Yeah, yeah. I think it's, you know, I think about revenue operations when people ask me, like, why do I need to invest? How do I build up a case? You know, what's the ROI? And I, I always think about it like a like a selling cycle almost, right? You have to think about the business challenges that you're facing and think about the pain, right? What are the pain points? Because chances are, if you ask any leader in marketing, they'll probably, if you ask them, like what things keep you up at night? You know, what are the things that you're not getting that you wish you had to be able to better, you know, to run your business better? And they'll probably have a list of at least five, six things, maybe a dozen things that they're like, oh, I wish I had better, you know, better visibility into attribution or better visibility to this, or I wish I had these insights sooner, or I wish I knew what was actually working. And so I think when you think about all the things that you're not getting or where there's very painful um, areas that are causing a slowdown in your ability to execute, that's those are some of the things that can go into sort of your use case for why you need operations, right? And especially in this market, I think in a downturn market, but also in a growth market, you know, when things are growing, in either case, having that strong operational infrastructure is going to support you. I mean, even if you're in a big growth, a growth market, and you're taking off, we know that you can get there faster, right, if you have that operational rigor, 
And in a down market, similarly, you need to have that operational um, excellence in order to help you do, do better with less. Um, so from a marketing perspective, I think if you think about what are the insights, what are the things that I want to have to be able to um, really drive more revenue faster, um, and that can easily build a case of probably a dozen things of why you need it. Awesome. Well, talking about our challenges is just the first step and nothing changes if nothing <laughs> changes. So in traditional therapy, the therapist will give the client some homework. But here at Revenue Rehab, we like to flip that on its head and ask you to give us some homework. So I'd love for you to give us our one action item. If we are a CMO that recognizes that we need to invest more in operations, What's our first step? What What's the one thing that you would recommend that we do in order to move the needle in the right direction? Yeah, I think it maybe goes back to, you know, what we were just talking about, about thinking about that nice to have, right? Think about what are the things that the top two or three things that would really help accelerate my business and help me achieve and exceed my goals the fastest, because I think if you think about those couple of things, a lot of times it's going to not point to necessarily more money or more campaigns or more, you know, anything other than if I had the right operational structure to support my business, I can be much more effective and much more efficient. I like that because that's a good action item for even those that have operations, you know, people or teams in place to just be able to identify right now, what are the two to three accelerators? Like, you know, being able to do better with less, um, what are those two to three things that I could do that would allow me to do so and to really um, accelerate growth and efficiency? So I really like that as an action item. Um, so we've all got our marching orders now. <laughs> um, well, I have enjoyed our discussion, but that's our time for today. Thanks. But before we go, how can our audience connect with you? I know you've got a community and a podcast. So tell us about all of the things. Yeah, yeah. So the best way to find me is uh, on LinkedIn. I'm always there. Uh, definitely connect with me on LinkedIn if we're not connected. Um, check out the, the RevOps Collective. Our website is up and in true scrappy startup mode. I built my own website. So check it out. Definitely it's iterative and it's evolving. I have lots to do there still, but check it out. And definitely um, look into the community. We'll be launching the community next month. Um, and so it's really going to be a RevOps community for RevOps by RevOps. So for folks who are interested in learning more about revenue operations or up-leveling themselves as RevOps professionals, it's a great place to be, um, to be able to learn and grow. And of course, check out the Revenue Engine podcast and check out Brandy's episode. Yes, <laughs> We're a guest. Uh, it's been a yeah. little while. <laughs> yeah, it, it has been a while. Um, and we'll make sure to put the link to the community and to the podcast and my episode on the podcast into yes. the show notes. So wherever you are listening to this episode, uh, just check the show notes and all of those links will be there. Uh, well, thank you so, so much for joining me today. I have enjoyed, I was going to say, as always, I love talking to you and learning from you. So I'm glad that my audience is having the opportunity to do so as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Brandy. And as always, always a great conversation with you.
Thank you. Awesome. And thanks everyone for joining us today. I have enjoyed my conversation with Rosalind. I can't believe we're at the end. See you next time. You've been listening to Revenue Rehab with your host, Brandy Starr. Your session is now over, but the learning has just begun. Join our mailing list and catch up on all our shows at RevenueRehab.live. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Revenue Rehab. This concludes this week's session. We'll see you next week.